Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson, and thanks so much for tuning in and listening to today's show. Um, today, I'm really excited. I've got Adrian Gunn Hansen with me. I got your last <laughs> name right. Yes. Yes. I've, it's been a long time since Adrian and I have connected, and I'm really excited uh, to have you here today. And, and I'm going to be really upfront about why um, right off the bat here, because um, it's fun for me. <laughs> We, we grew up in the same neighborhood um, for quite a few years, and you went to my high school just a, a couple years before me. And when I was a kid, I remember very, very vaguely how you were that one person in the neighborhood that I always looked at, and I was like, she's the pretty girl, she's popular, <laughs> she can sing really well and act. And, um, it seemed like everybody was your friend. Plus you had a swimming pool. So to oh, me, that I was know. like, I yeah, think that was, that was it. That, no, 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 that wasn't <laughs> it. But that was, that's when you're a kid, anyone that's got a pool, you're like, yes. Oh yeah, they got a pool. But anyway, um, as a youngster, I just remember looking at you and thinking she's got it all right. You dated the, uh, someone who was a quarterback in high school football <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And, and it's just kind of that mentality of like, Hey, if you've got these things, you're like part of you're you're like the cool kid or mm-hmm. the popular kid, and everything is going right for you. And uh, I never would have dawned on me that that you would have your own struggles. Mm-hmm. And and I I know very well that all of us are going through things. But not too long ago, you put a post and um, on Facebook, and I read the post, and in there you talked about suicide, mm-hmm. and you were very vulnerable, and you opened up about it, and you actually talked about your, some of your struggles. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I read that, knowing the kind of person that you are and how you bring light, um, into so much of what you do in your life. Um, I, I just, I knew there was a great story behind that. And so I reached out to you and I said, Hey Adrian, you got to come talk to me. (laughs) And, and I'm thankful that you're here. I know it's not always easy to be vulnerable, but as, as you've taught, you and I've talked before we started recording, um, as you've been vulnerable, you've, you've, you've learned a lot and, mm-hmm. and I appreciate you being here with me today. Um, everybody tune in. I, I think Adrian's got a really great story to share with us. And, and I think there's a lot of value, not only as, as people and as parents, but as friends, you know, mm-hmm. like sometimes we don't recognize when people are really going through their battles and yeah. their moments. And, and sometimes they're a lot worse than we could even realize they are. 
And so how can we show up? How can we show empathy and, and what can we do to, to show more love for each other? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that said, Adrian, tell us about yourself and, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, thanks Mike for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, and nervous, <laughs> but very, very glad. If and, this makes you nervous, I don't know how you can sing in front of people in like church or school. This is like being vulnerable. That that's, yeah, that's just true. what I love to do. Maybe maybe if you have an awful voice, that's vulnerable, right? Because to me, that oh. Anyway. Well, I don't know about that, but I, it's I love to do that. So yeah. and I'm and I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So um, I let's see. I I grew up in Utah, and um, I'm. I have three other siblings, one older brother and two younger sisters. And then I have some fabulous parents. You know them. Yes. They are <laughs> um, fabulous. They too. are my rocks. Yes. And um, they're great examples to me. I married a boy from our high school. <laughs> oh, Not cool. the guy Did I was dating. Yeah. Yes. But Kyle nice. um, is is my husband and, and also my rock. Yeah. And kind of why I'm... I'm here yeah. and telling this story. Well, he is the reason I'm here, not kind of. Um, and then I have two wonderful boys. They're 13 and seven, and and they're hard and good. And I and and probably um, they teach me things. Not probably they teach me things every single day that I I need to learn yeah. and and become a better person. Um, I I so my story um, or kind of why I'm here is that I struggle with depression and I have, um, throughout my life, I, I started really having problems in college. So I went, I went to school at BYU and, um, I, I went there to major in music, dance, theater. That's what I do. I enjoy to perform and I, and I'm so good at it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, but I, I noticed, you know, I think my, third year in college I had to take a break because I was just so emotionally exhausted and and I have a hard time and and we talked about this before we started but I for the longest time was so mean to myself just the way I spoke to myself um it was abusive and and I needed to take a break because when you perform you're putting yourself out there like we're talking about and um I really started to believe that I was horrible and Mm. there was no reason why was I there? Why was I trying to be a performer when I was no good? Or I'd take, um, not criticism, but people, you know, would give suggestions. That's what we do. We were in master class. We'd talk about how to, to become a better performer, a better singer and, and people would share. And, and then I would take those things to heart and be like, well, I can't do this perfectly. So I'm, I'm no good. Yeah. I'm gonna, but I didn't quit. Yeah, good. But I had to take, I had to take a break. Yeah. And then once I got on medication and went to see a therapist and talked yeah. through a few things, I went back. But I still continued to beat myself up, that and self-talk. I did stop performing for a long time. Yeah. Because of that. So curious, <clears throat> is it is this kind of when it all? started for you as in yes. college so mm-hmm. in high school none of that self bad self-talk oh i think that I, it was everyone no questions. i mean the self-talk started in elementary school yeah it um, totally started sure. in elementary school sure. probably around fifth grade yeah and it it was like oh no that's i shouldn't be talking about that or sure. or even um I don't know how to explain it. Even like praising myself. I wasn't praising myself, but I was a performer back then. Sure. So 
I, I didn't want people to be offended by something that I love to do. So it was, no, don't share what you're doing. Don't, don't. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it was. So the depression wasn't necessarily there yet. No, and you not didn't, that I'm aware of. Right. And, and that negative talk probably, I mean, some comes with that. Right? Oh yeah. But, but you didn't really recognize it mm-hmm. until you were in college. Yes. Why do you think that is that it started to really present itself then? Um, I think probably because at that point you're really focused on where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do with my life? I, you know, I'm, I, I really want to perform. And I, I think at one point I got really low cause I didn't get into a show mm. that I had auditioned for. And that's just, that's part of the gig. That's, that's just what you do. It happens, right? <laughs> it happens. So, and I'm surrounded by all these talented people. So I was comparing myself and I'm not good. I, you know, and, and I kept beating myself up over like minor incidences where I'd either forget a line in a show or that I didn't sound perfect when I sang my song, you know? So it, it was, it became a really devastating experience for me because I was just so mean to myself. Oh, and comparison is, it's like it's I, the I thief for, of joy. That's right. Exactly what I was just going to say. It's the thief of joy. And I, yes. I forget who says that, but it's very true. And, and I, mm-hmm. I feel, I remember being a kid and feeling that way. And, and I just, that is so hard as a kid. Yes. And, and then as you mature and obviously you fall in love with something for me, it was basketball. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you get to that point where it's like, maybe I'm not as good as I need mm-hmm. to be to get where I want to be with this thing. And, and then you start, then you really start looking at everybody else going, Oh geez. And you're yeah. comparing yourself and mm-hmm. that's hard. It so is. you took a break. Did you take like a year off out of school? Or yeah. What, what did you so do? I, I, I remember calling my dad because <laughs> I didn't think my mom would let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're yeah. sticking to it and you're making it happen. But I called my dad and I just said, I, I can't, yeah. I can't do this. I need a break. I am exhausted. Were you married at that point? No. Okay. So I was with some fabulous roommates. Okay. We were, you know, we had like, they were the light in my life sure. at that time. And, um, so I took a break and then Kyle and I started dating, you know, yeah. well, and probably for you growing up in our high school, you probably stayed in touch with some of your good friends from high school. That's what I did. Sure. And he was a good friend from high school. So we kind of dated and then I, I kind of said to him, well, it's either, <laughs> we're finishing this or I'm going to go start dating again. Yeah. And he, he fell for it. And now he's stuck with me. <laughs> I don't know if he felt, he, I, I bet Kyle, when you listen to this, you're going to say, I didn't fall for it. I made that choice. <laughs> I want it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, and, and so we, he helped me through some of that time. Okay. So at this point, when you're taking a break, are you mm-hmm. actually going I'm going to see and a, a therapy. I'm going to therapy. I'm seeing a counselor and then I'm also taking medication because you knew you were depressed. Yes. So yeah. you're meeting with, you get the medication and, and you're going to see a therapist. Does the medication help you at that point in your life? It does. It does. Absolutely. You can feel a change and, um, it affects other parts. Like there's always side effects sure. with anything you take, but it, it was worth it to get me to a better place mentally and to be able to talk about why, why am I feeling this way? And, and it takes a while to, to feel it. And they tell you that they say, it'll take a few weeks and then you'll start. And then we'll have to see if we have to up the dose or lower the dose, just kind of see where you are. But so that was my first experience with taking medication for depression. And, and, and and did that, um, 
at that moment, was it, was it, did you have to talk yourself into going to see a therapist? Cause there's that whole taboo idea, right? That something's wrong if you have to go see a therapist. So I wonder what's up with that person. They're going to see a therapist, yeah. especially, no, especially the generation we come from. Yeah, exactly. I, and I know that that happened and I know that at some point in my life I was like, Oh, therapy, you know, <laughs> but I think that I just, I felt like it was a physical thing that I needed to take care of. And I, I know I added it to it, added to it with my, the way I spoke to myself, but, um, it was very much physical. Yeah. I had no control over what was happening to me. So I needed to take care of it. That's awesome that you were mature enough at that point in your life to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of people in those young, especially when you're surrounded by all your peers in a college mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's hard to kind of be labeled as that person that's got problems and that's facing things. I think our world's gotten a lot better, Yes, but we still have a long way to go. Cause there's and nothing think, wrong with that. Yeah. I don't think I actually told anyone yeah. that that's what I was doing. I just <laughs> said, I'm taking a break. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then I moved back with my parents and was dating Kyle and, and, do, and going to therapy and, and he supported me yeah. and that was that's a big awesome. deal. So besides your parents and besides Kyle, that's, that's really, you weren't sharing anything Mm-mm. with anybody. So nobody else no. really knew Mm-mm. the outside looking in is, is still unaware. Yeah. Okay. I think I probably told a professor sure. that was really close to me that I felt he would be understanding sure. and supportive, but other than that, nobody. Okay. okay. So now you mentioned physical, like you, like depression, you felt some things that changed you physically. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us and how so? A lot of that, I, I was just tired yeah. a lot that, and just, I didn't want to do anything that I loved to do. I just was I don't want to do this. And, and these are things I love to do. Like I want to perform. I was going to singing and dancing classes. Those are the things that I love to do, you know, and, and I got to be creative and do the things that I love to do, but I didn't even want to do that. Mm. And, and that was a big red flag for me. So, and you recognized it. Yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That you recognized it. I mean, these are your passions, yes. right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. what you did all growing up. This is a lot of your friendships are created by this, this creativity side of you and the singing and the, the acting and, and that's hard. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go back then. You, so you're, you take a year off of school mm-hmm. and then do you go back and finish at BYU? So that's when we got married. Okay. And i I, um, helped Kyle get through his schooling. So I worked while he was finishing at the U and we lived in Salt Lake for that time. So it, I think all of this happened <laughs> within a two-year timetable. Um, but he, I drove down to BYU for a couple of classes. I didn't go full-time until he graduated. Gotcha. And then I went back and finished. And I was super proud of myself. That's awesome. Because I totally could have walked away. Yeah. Yeah, you could have you could have been fine because he was done at that point. Mm-hmm. What does Kyle do? If you don't mind me asking, he's a hospital administrator. Oh, how cool! Yeah, how cool! Good for you, Kyle. Mm-hmm. That's because that's not like short schooling. No, that, yeah. <laughs> that's so not he easy. finished his undergrad there, and yeah. then we moved, and we've been all over yeah. for his job. Yeah. So, so after marriage, after you go back and you start engaging, getting school finished, is is self not self esteem necessarily, but is depression starting to get better for you? It was better but the self-esteem was bad. Okay. It was really, really Interesting. bad. Glad that I accidentally said mm-hmm. self-esteem. Yes. So even though you're getting medication, you're going to counseling, you're still mm-hmm. with the negative self-talk. You're, you're still really in a, in a, in a bad depressed place. Yes. Well, I wouldn't say depressed. I, I just didn't realize that I was creating problems for myself by 
just the way I was talking to myself. Is is Kyle aware of this at this point or no? Is no. It, is it very hidden within it you? It was very hidden. You got a smile on your face as mm-hmm. you go throughout the day. So I'm a performer. Just, right? <laughs> hey, that's acting school's paying yeah, off for it's you. Great. I'm I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But okay, but that's that's very interesting to know that though. I mean, you're in a brand new marriage mm-hmm. and you don't feel even the confidence, I, I mm-hmm. should say the confidence, vulnerability at that point, I don't, I don't know that that's there, but the confidence to actually tell your husband, I'm, I'm, it's not because of lack of love, but it's because you don't want to scare the crap out of him, I'm yeah. sure, right? Yes. Yeah. So so you're going through this kind of on your own, mm-hmm. siloed. Your parents don't even know that you're probably still going through this. Yeah. You're not supposed no. to. You just graduated. Mm-hmm. I right? just graduated and I feel physically great, but I am so mean to myself. I, I probably, there were probably no positive thoughts in my head. No kidding. For a really, really long time. So, to, so start there. Like what, like what happened? What, I mean, so you finished school. Mm-hmm. Kyle's getting going in his career. Yeah. So we moved to Minnesota at that point. Um, and he was going to grad school for hospital administration. Okay. And then it was my job to put him through school to work. We didn't have kids. And we'll, we've talked about this, but I, I was having problems getting pregnant. Mm. And so I was working. I was teaching dance. So that made me happy. That, I was in a place with wonderful people that brought me joy. And that, was, that kept me afloat. you know. But I kept saying to myself, oh, you can't perform for anything. You're horrible. You're no good. You can't audition for anything so out weird. here. Um, nobody will want you. You won't be able to do anything. And a lot of it was, oh, you won't even get a lead part. You want, you know, and that's kind of, uh, I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it. You kind of want to lead after you've been learning at the college level, how to be a performer. That you've graduated. You've graduated. You should be in shows. You should be getting lead parts or um, working for companies that are paying you to perform. And I kept telling myself, you're not good. You, you shouldn't audition. There's what were your peers saying to you? What were their voices to you? So that's a good question. I, um, don't have, uh, great relationships with people outside of my family. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with me not feeling good enough. (laughs) I'm getting better at it, Yeah. but it is a process. It's a process for me to feel like I'm worthy enough to be around people. So, and I'm, I'm sure throughout your life in these types of things, I've, I mean, I've heard you sing before phenomenal voice and, <laughs> no, for real. And, and I've like, I'm sure you're probably getting lots of positive feedback. Yes. Yeah. I get lots of positive, uh, positive. I can't speak uh, <laughs> positive feedback from people. Oh, you did so great. And then I would tell myself, Oh, they just have to say that. Yeah. Or, and then I would go through my performance and pick apart every single thing I did wrong. No kidding. So that's how I was talking to myself. And this this happens in Minnesota. Yes. Are you getting good feedback in Minnesota? Yes. I'd be no asked one's to like... perform places and everybody, you did so great. Great job. We want to hear you sing more. You know, that's the feedback I'm getting. And I'm telling myself opposite of everything that I'm hearing. Where do you think that comes from? Like why... Is there, is there an event that happened in your life or is there something, was there a moment where maybe you got some really nasty feedback mm-hmm. from somebody? Like, do you, is it, can you pinpoint that or maybe a couple things? Yeah, it, it happened in elementary school. I was told by a few friends that they didn't want to hear 
anything about what I had to do with performing, that nobody cared and that it wasn't important and that it was rude for me to talk about it. And so then I started really questioning myself if I got a part, well, was I good enough to get this part? Did, um, did you deserve to be up there? And then I felt like I had to overdo what I was doing or overperform or do perfectly so that I, it would be okay that uh, I was there. <laughs> so you miss a step or a beat, you, you failed. Even yes. if someone comes and says, mm-hmm. hey, Adrian, you were awesome. You're like, yeah. no, I missed that step or that beat. And mm-hmm. that's all you remember. Yep, that's it. Wow. I was like, oh, I got to do that better next And for time. you to remember that from when you were, how old did you say you were? I was yeah. in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so parents and us older adults, let's remember that our words to youngsters really mm-hmm. count. It probably wasn't an adult. It, it was probably an your adult. Peers, it was my peers at that point. But I, I did, um, throughout my life, I would get negative feedback yeah. from certain parents that were mad that I got a part over or, their kid. Or yeah. Whatever. Because they wanted their kid to have the lead. Sure. And, and so I would get that feedback and I'd internalize it like, Oh, well, I guess I'm not supposed to be up here. Yeah. And, and it really affected throughout school okay. I would people would say stuff so and that started from a young age yeah. ah, it's just that our, our words are our words are powerful unfortunately that when when we use negativity that's it stays with people mm-hmm. we, we don't forget those things very often sometimes we forget faces but for some reason we can hold on to those mm-hmm. those negative things okay so you're in Minnesota you're starting to feel this way right mm-hmm. you you just you're your own worst enemy. Yep. And there's other people that are like, Adrian, you're awesome. Come perform. You should try out for this. Yep. And, and how long does that last? So you're in Minnesota for how long? And then what's next for you? I will be honest. I did not perform, I think for 10 years. You stopped. I stopped. And, and you, you mentioned you were dealing with infertility. Yes. And, and, and I, I'm sorry that, that I've got some sisters that have, and, and I've got a aunt that has, and you know, my aunt and Mm -hmm. that is so hard Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. And I, and I just, if any women out here are listening to this and they're going through that, I'm, I just, that's so hard. Yeah. And I, and and I, I would imagine, and we talked about this a little bit before, but I'd imagine whether you consciously were aware of it or not or subconsciously i'm sure that played into oh, at least sure. some of the, everything you're going through right yeah so i'm not self- good enough yeah now i'm not good enough to carry a child yeah. like everyone else it feels like at that moment in time all your and friends so, are having babies oh yeah and and nope i can't get pregnant so we start fertility treatments and you know find out a diagnosis of endometriosis and then it's like okay what do we do mm. next and surgery. And then at that point, um, we had decided to move to California. Okay. And so we, we started with the fertility treatments, you know, IUIs and in vitro. And luckily the first time it didn't work second time it did, but I miscarried and, (laughs) and that happened twice. So emotionally I was not well at all. I was just surviving and wanting to be a mom. That's all I wanted. At that point, it was like, I don't care if I perform. Um, but during that time, I did somehow get in back California. on the stage yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in California. It was just, I, well, it was a show. Sure. I love West Side Story, and I wanted to audition for it. 
and I got in it. <laughs> yes. And mm. I got my favorite part, and it it was a special time for me. But it was also devastating so just to deal with all of that. So you're you're in this. You're passionate about performing, and you're doing this thing that you've been wanting to do, and it's just so. But but it's it's kind of taken away from you because of what you're going through mm -hmm. internally. Yeah. And what's interesting about um, what you're going through internally is a lot of it is brought, a lot of what is being brought onto you is a very natural thing for women, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're supposed to, right? Like my body's supposed to work right? that Naturally, way. Naturally I'm supposed do. to have kids and, mm -hmm. and I, I mean, feeling like, feeling like you've, you're passionate about this one thing. It's starting to work out for you here, but you can't even naturally do what you want to do here and seems like probably in your mind, all your friends are fine. Yep. They're having kids, big families. Mm -hmm. And so, so I, I question for you and I don't know how to ask it right, but, but to, like at that point to Kyle, I'm sure Kyle was very loving. Seems mm -hmm. like a good guy. Of course. But are you at that point feeling like I'm totally letting my husband down? Mm -hmm. I'm like a fail. I'm, I'm worthless to him. Yes. Maybe he'd be better off if I wasn't even, is, yeah. is that something that happens? Absolutely. I'm like, what, what's the point? He could totally have somebody else that can give him his own children. And I am not capable. I can't do that. Yeah. It's literally been proven. Yeah. Did <laughs> you guys, were you open with that with each other? Yes. Yeah. We talked and we grieved. It, it's a grief process sure. for sure. And, and with the, we did in vitro three times in California yeah. and lost two pregnancies. Oh, and that, that was devastating. Um, but then I, I didn't tell you this part, but I, as I was miscarrying my second child, um, I asked for a blessing from my dad and he said, and we haven't even gone to the adoption issue, but he said, keep your mind open to adoption in that blessing. And it was just like, duh, <laughs> why, why, why would, would I not do that? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm adopted and because all of my siblings are adopted and it's such a wonderful part of my life. Yeah. Why would I not even think of that? Yeah. And so that brought me some hope yeah. and some joy. Like I do have control over this part of my life. And so we put in our paperwork and for us, this first adoption went so fast. Cool. It was four months and we had Hayden, our 13 year old now. That's awesome. Um, but it was meant to be. And, and it was a great, um, learning experience for me because I've only ever been the adoptee and now I'm the adoptive parent and I, I have such a love for their birth parents, just the gift that they have given these boys to choose to give them a family they didn't feel like they could, could give them. Um, and it, it opened up some tender feelings for me and for my birth mom That's at really that cool. point. So wow. that was really neat, but hard. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a hard, different relationship that most people don't have to go through. Yeah. So, and, and you're still in California when this yes. happens. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got, you've got one son mm -hmm. and I know you have a second. Yes. So what's, what happens next? So we were in California with Hayden for four years. We were there for, I believe nine years. I'm, I'm not calculating probably correctly, but okay. for a long time in California before we had Hayden. 
And we, he was four when we moved back to Utah for my husband's job. We moved to South Weber, and that's when we decided that we were going to try again for our next child. And um, we, I wanted to try in vitro one more time yeah. because I'm stubborn. It, and that really was it. Well, like, you just there was, wanted, you just wanted I just to, wanted to yeah. see if, if it really was yeah. what I was being told it was or, or, or if this was our path. So simultaneously, we had our paperwork in to adopt, and then we were also doing in vitro. And I don't want to be graphic or anything, but when you're doing in vitro, you know, you get the egg and the sperm and my egg literally fell apart in the Petri dish after they got it. And it's, I have issues with my eggs that I produce and that, that was kind of like the final, you have an answer. It's not going to happen for you Mm -hmm. and, and you're done. So, um, luckily we had had our, our information in with the agency and, we got matched with one birth mother and she changed her mind while we were in the hospital so that we we went through a few devastating moments where we thought we were going to get a child and now in hindsight it's wonderful because they obviously weren't my children but we went through several failed adoptions before we found our tyler's now birth mom she is a wonderful person just like Hayden's and um we got to meet with her and I got to be in the room when he was born and that was so special so so neat that I got to experience that and it just again gave me such a love for my own birth mom and maybe one day being able to thank her for giving me the life she's given me. Yeah. So, so I'm going to segue for a sec, but your, your birth mom, have you mm-hmm. connected with her? We ha- I have. Have you? In the past, I can't remember what year it was. Yeah. I think it was three years ago now. How but cool. we And we have a great relationship. We get together every now and then. And, so cool. And we chat on the phone. And, and just, I, it was so important to me that I was able to tell her thank you. Yeah. That's really cool. And, really and I think really healing probably for both of us. Yeah. Thanks so, for sharing that. Yeah. That's pretty absolutely. awesome. And, and again, sorry that for everything you've gone through. That's so hard. And, and so I, was it three or four times total you went through in vitro? Four times. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, I just pause real quick to say, Kyle, hats off to you, my friend. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not easy. No. Especially on the female, but, but also the husband that is is there and, and in vitro is not cheap. No, my gosh. And you lived in California. That's mm-hmm. not cheap. And so it's no. just, a, it's a, it's a sacrifice for sure all the way around, but it's one that you want to take because you want to have your own family. And, um, you, you guys, it, what an awesome, what an awesome marriage you guys have. I, you know, <laughs> Thank I, you. we're not, we're not going to get into that on, on this podcast a whole lot, but I, but that's pretty awesome. So Thanks. Kyle hats off to you, man. Um, so then you come back to Utah, mm-hmm. right? You're already in Utah. He starts working. Um, so, so lead, lead us up to the point where you start to have these feelings of like, I'm not worth, I'm not worth anything. I, okay. I want to get out of here. So <laughs> I feel like I would just keep adding and adding. Hey, um, story. We, I have, my oldest has been really hard for me to parent. It's, it's been a, a big struggle and, um, we, we've, we've tried a lot of therapy. Therapy is a great word in our house. Sure. We just do it. It's sure. just a part of our lives. And, um, 
just behaviorally, we, we didn't know what to do. We, you know, they don't come with a handbook and we kept, our friends kept telling us, oh no, that's totally normal what he's doing and, and, and what you're experiencing. And we just, it got harder and harder and harder. And finally this last year, we found out the reasons that he's been struggling and we've been struggling connecting with him is that he's on the autism spectrum. He's very high functioning, so the doctors weren't sure what to do with him because they thought it was ADHD. He does have ADHD, but they thought that that's just what it was. Sure. And so we were struggling in doing therapy, and I was feeling, feeling worthless as a mom because I could not help him. And he was struggling in school, and they kept telling us, you know, we'll work with him in this certain way, but he wasn't getting all the attention he needed. And finally, now he does. And it's wonderful. But um, then I didn't know. At that point in South Weber, when we had just moved back to Utah, it just every single day was a battle. And it was so hard. And then to top it off with the adoption and the in vitro, those, you know, there were hormones inside my body that I didn't know how to deal with them because I was injecting them into myself. And then we had those adoption failures where we didn't get that placement and I, it kind of just all added up. Yeah. And then we got Tyler and that was so beautiful and wonderful. And he, he brought such a peace to our house. And two years after that, you know, after we're struggling or doing our very best every day to parent, we moved again yeah. to Logan. And by that point I was exhausted. Mm. I was barely surviving and moving for children on the spectrum is it just uproots them Mm. and it changes their whole life and it took us probably five months to get him back into a normal routine because that is what he needs he doesn't function without a normal routine so um, I really started noticing that first year that I was not doing well I was tired all the time um, I, I had stopped performing at that point. I had stopped, um, being involved in teaching cause I love to teach singing yeah. and dancing. That brings me a lot of joy. I stopped everything. So that whole first year, it was just going downhill for me and the way I was speaking to myself and we were keeping everything somewhat normal at home, but it was, a, it's a struggle and we, we didn't know we, we tried our best to parent him, but we didn't know what we were doing. So, and, and I want to dig a little deeper there, if you, if you're okay with that. Yeah. So, for your son, um, obviously you're working with him while you're living in Weber. Weber, you're trying mm-hmm. to figure out this thing. You're talking to his teachers. They, mm-hmm. it's it's hard for teachers. They don't really understand. They're not doctors, and yeah. so they just do no. the best they can. And and every kid's different, but mm-hmm. some are some are more difficult to like realize how they learn than others. Right. Yes. So when you move that takes him to a new place, is yes. it what, what feelings are come present with him? Is it, is it anger? Is it frustration or is it just anger, shut off? And he, well, his shutdown is an explosive meltdown. Sure. And the older he gets, it's terrifying. Yeah. But at that he was in third grade when we moved and he transitioned. Okay. Into school. He had a really hard fourth grade year and never wanted to go to school. He'd scream and melt down every single day. And 
he was being asked to do a lot yeah. and we were working with the principal we were working with the teacher we were seeing a therapist for him to work through the issues and um it took its toll on me because yeah. i didn't want to send him i didn't i didn't know how to help him because i could tell he was struggling but i didn't know what to do yeah and like, so you I, I would imagine at this point you're like I'm worthless. I'm hurting him. Yes. Yes. And so I suck as a mom. Yeah. I, I can't do anything right here. Yep. Right. I'm. Why am I here? Yeah. What's the point? And so it it was definitely um, those things happening. It was feeling like I didn't really know anyone yet. You know, we had only been there for half a year in Logan, so I was I was having to find new friends and people to talk to and I was surrounded by amazing people. But was it hard to find cuz when you when you've got these things going on, mm -hmm. is it hard to like really allow yourself to Oh, absolutely. And I and I still struggle with those things. I will talk to anybody. <laughs> I I don't have an issue talking sure. to anybody, but my first comment is they think I'm stupid. Like that's what I think uh. in my head. <laughs> You're an idiot. Why are you here? You're pointless. And and these were the things I that's was hard. saying to myself. So how do you get to know somebody that is refusing oh, to open so, up it's for so, people? It's so far <laughs> from the truth too. And it's, and, and not only, not only that self, that self hate talk, but like the fact that, you know, you're, you're trying to help your son mm -hmm. who is, who has some struggles and, and these other things that have happened, they're just not adding up for you in your life. And so why would they want to be friends with me anyway? Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to bring my family around and have all the, whatever. Yeah. And they're going to see everything that's yep. going on. And I just feel worse about myself when they mm -hmm. see all those things. Right. And, and, and there were people that I would say, this is happening at home. I don't know what I'm doing or how do I, I make this better. And, and oftentimes it was because we didn't know, um, Oh, my kid did that. Yeah. Or, you know, that's the response because people want to make you feel better. Sure. And that's the. And I totally get that. Nobody did anything wrong. Sure. But I, I couldn't share how I was feeling because I guessed, oh, well, I'm just doing it wrong. I, that's what's happening. Shit, because then you're worried <laughs> people look at you like, oh, you can't do this. You she's can't parent. That shit crazy, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which, which is so unfair to you. Um, yeah. And, and gosh, what a hard, hard moment. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So keep, keep going. So that for him, it was a, just like the worst year we've, we've dealt with was fourth grade. It was exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I have pictures of text messages that he'd send me from school, from his teacher's phone. Mom, I don't want to be here. Mom, I'm feeling oh. sick every single day. It was, and it was now that we know he was being forced to do things he wasn't capable of doing in school in school and so he just did it yes. make him feel like a failure or like was he getting no teased? he just he just and he down. would i well i don't need to share sure. things that happened but he um just struggled it was a struggle to get there and he did he got help they were helping him sure but it wasn't the help he needed for sure for so, sure and i i still feel guilty about that sure and but, i I, I want your son to know I, I, um, I can relate to that a little bit. I, it was, I, around that age, I really started to struggle in school and no one really knew how to help me either. And mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing about our world now is we're starting to recognize that children from all walks of life, everyone has a different learning plan Yes. and we've got to start catering it to the individuals, right? Customizing yep. it to them. And, yeah. 
And, you know, 10 years ago, it was a totally different ball game, mm-hmm. and even five years ago. And now with technology, it's starting to change a lot. And so um, to, to your son who, are, who will listen to this later on, um, just know, like, hey, not your fault, my friend. We just weren't no. equipped well enough in this world <laughs> to, like, get that every person's different, yep. right? Yeah. And, he, and he's doing so great now. Awesome. The school he's at now has an individualized plan for him that helps him where he struggles. Yeah. And that's what we needed all along, but we didn't know. Just didn't know. Yeah. Information. So, knowledge. Yeah. So, okay. So are you taking him to see therapists or are you just, cause everyone yes, else like, just oh, my him. child did that. Yeah. No, okay. just him. Okay. So we were there every week. Okay. We were, we took him out of school. He was with his therapist, his fabulous therapist helped us learn a few things for how to deal with the meltdowns and, and what was expected to be at home, what we expected of him. So how are mom and dad doing at this point? Not, I am not well. <laughs> I think Kyle's barely hanging on, but he's got such a busy job that we didn't see him often. It's, we got a few hours with him every night. Sure. So. He's getting started early in his career. Yep. He's got to be there. He's got to focus, grow mm-hmm. the family. He's doing everything he can he's to make sure it's awesome. good. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say he felt awesome. Sure. Our home life was hard. hard. Yeah. It was really hard. Uh, but he, um, work-wise was doing great yeah. and, and that's what he had to focus on. And I'm glad he did. Sure. It, that was important. Totally. So. Right. Like there's nothing, nothing better for him to be doing at that point in his life no. than that. And, Mm-mm. and, and so at home life, you, you talk about that. So this whole thing that you're going through is just kind of portraying or, or whatever, I don't know what the right word is, but it's just kind of affecting all the areas mm-hmm. in your home. We were surviving. You were surviving. It's in mm-hmm. survival, mo- survival mode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So then what? And then at that point that year, I just started getting really tired where to the point where if I was not parenting, if I didn't have my parenting hat on, I was in bed sleeping mm. and I really thought that it was a thyroid issue that I was dealing with because I've never experienced anything like that. Sure. And I was exhausted and sleeping all the time when I could. And and, and we know that thyroid can cause yes. that. And so I went and got tested. I had my blood work done. Everything was normal. Um, at that point I was having really bad migraines, which all came on because of the in vitro that I did. Oh. So that was all started because of that. And so they were trying to balance my migraine medication with, birth control to help solve some of those painful issues that happen with women. Um, and, um, I just was exhausted and I started at that point to feel my lowest where I just felt like it was pointless for me to go on. Nobody would miss me. These are the things I'm telling myself. It's better if I'm gone. Mm. And, and, and I told you this, but I, at that point I had been sitting in church with my own parents and Kyle's parents. We were all there to watch the primary program. And I looked around and I just thought I'm all alone and nobody even knows how I'm feeling. And I lost it and I bawled, I bawled the whole program and that's supposed to be like the happiest the kids are singing and I lost it. And my mom after comes up and, and Colleen, Kyle's mom comes up, what's wrong? What's happening? And I just looked at him. I just said, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And I'm 
I'm just, I'm keeping my head above water. I think I used those words yeah. or, or something like that, but nobody knew. I didn't know I was depressed. I didn't realize that that was it. I, I just thought it was a physical thing that I was dealing with sure. at that point. Which is interesting. First off, awesome for you to, to open up and say, yeah, you know, like I'm, I feel like I'm drowning. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Because telling the truth is one of the most powerful things we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for Kyle's mom and Ginger, Ginger's awesome. She is. I love her. <laughs> um, but you you have already dealt with depression. You've already been dealing mm-hmm. with depression in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you were seeing a counselor in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you probably stopped at that point. I saw... so. Each, <laughs> each place we lived, I had a counselor. Okay. There was something I was, somebody I was working with on okay. how I talked to myself. Sure, sure. <laughs> and, but at that point I would, I had stopped my medication from my college days when we moved to Minnesota. And you didn't, you didn't at that point connect this to depression Mm-mm. yourself because it, it was different. It presented itself totally differently. And physically it wiped mm-hmm. you out like it never had before. Yes. And so you weren't sitting here going, this is depression. This yeah. is totally something. This to- is my thyroid. Yeah. This is something's wrong with me, but they can't figure it out. Yeah. What if I have cancer? You know, you just second yeah. guess. But yep. then I'm like, I can't, I, I just at that point I lost it. And then I started planning how I was going to, mm follow through and die. You were literally setting I up had a steps plan. to like, mm-hmm. and I knew like, I just hadn't planned the day, Yeah. but I knew where I was going to go. I knew what was going to happen, how, how I was going do to do it. I was going to, what I was going to say to my family. Um, and luckily Kyle kind of was sensitive enough to see that I was not acting myself. And so we had a conversation and, and he's, are you okay? You know, what is happening? You're not yourself. And I finally just looked at him and said, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't, I don't. (laughs) So a couple things, I, it's interesting how you're going through all this hurt, this pain, feeling alone and, and you're, you feel like you're doing it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're beating yourself up because you're not worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and but you were able to still put on a show. You're yes. a great actress. I'm a performer. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, I wonder how many of us do that. Oh, naturally. I think everybody does. Right? Because at that point, Kyle didn't know. Mm-mm. And you guys were are close, right? Yes. And, and so Kyle didn't even know. Your mom, who you're very close to, didn't mm-hmm. know. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're going through this all by yourself, trying to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and, you're on the outside still trying to portray that life is okay. Life is normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, you, was it you that proactively went to Kyle or were you guys having a conversation? We were just having day a conversation like, and he just kept, you know, I think probably for a week he asked me what's wrong. Hey, Are you okay? Yeah. This is not like you or you're just so down. Yeah. And, and I just said, you know, finally I just was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And he immediately stepped into action. I was lucky enough that he's in the position that he's in at the hospital to that recognize. he knew people that he could get me to see. Good. At that point, I was in an appointment the next day. It's it's so interesting though that he kind of felt that, right? Yes. But all the while, you were able to hide that leading up to that finally 
final break, not final, but you finally broke down in church. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that's very interesting to me how sometimes we, we watch for signs, right? We're taught Mm -hmm. to look for signs, look for people that seem down. Sometimes people seem up and, or even if not up, they seem just fine. Yeah. And they're hiding what's really on the inside, cankering their souls, right? Just Mm -hmm. hurting, hurting, hurting. Um, and, and I, and I hope, hope we can come back to that and talk a little bit yeah, about that and maybe absolutely. you can give us some advice as far as like how to, how to recognize that or, or whatever. Um, but okay. So Kyle connects you to some people that are helpful and, uh-huh. and what do you do? So I go to a psychologist who that's, was my first start was to literally get on some sort of medication sure. to balance my brain chemistry. You'd seen it happen. Yep. Good I for knew it was good. <laughs> I knew it was helpful. So we started that. And within that week, I was in with a therapist talking through my feelings, uh, working through the way I was speaking to myself. There was a ton of work put into those negative thoughts for me because that's where I really, really struggled. Um, And then a few weeks later, I start feeling more like myself because the medication is kicking in. And... And then I have plans. I had that year. I had stopped doing everything. I think I said that I wasn't involved yeah. in performing. You're singing, you're performing. Everything was yeah. gone. I had none of that. I had, I wasn't teaching yeah. that first year when I moved to Logan. And, um, that was a huge part of my healing. Did process. you recognize that though? In that moment? No, because no. I stopped to help Hayden. I stopped to be there in the moment for him. And for me, I have to have some sort of outlet. And that was part of my therapy. I don't have to be gone all the time. Right now, I just am gone for three hours once a week. I teach. But back then, I was not doing anything. And um, it was a huge help. Like, it helped me to start looking for performance opportunities. I started performing in Logan, where I hadn't done it forever. And then I um, started to focus on other things I could do just for myself so that I'm not. I love it Mm -hmm. because like we hear more and more in in today's society and it's not a selfish thing. We hear more and more, especially for parents and and in marriages, Mm -hmm. like you still, you still have to continue to do things that you love, even if your partner or your kids or whatever don't love those same things, you still have to worry about your passions, mm-hmm. your creativity yeah, and do something. And, and like you said, you didn't spend a ton of time doing mm-hmm. it, but you did it. Yeah. And that changed for you as, as, as you started getting healthier, as you started kind of coming out of this dark zone of, of wanting to end your life. Yeah. You recognize that you need to, you need to love Adrian Yes, and I need to take care of myself by doing some of these things that I love. Cause the world, like, your life and your world just seems so much more brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that's your kids and your husband and your spouses. They, they feed off these things. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So what, Absolutely. what, as you started to in, go for, like, sorry, as, as you started to put yourself back in some of these situations, mm-hmm. what happened to your family dynamic? Like what did it change? Well, that much? was hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> we've realized that show wise, it really does affect our family. If I'm in a show, Cause it's a lot because of time you you're in rehearsals like three or four times a sure. week at night. Sure. And then you are committed to your performances. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that year just getting back 
into feeling like myself again. I did two shows back to back and that, that was hard yeah. for Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so grateful he let me because there were things I learned about myself that sure. I needed to learn about myself, but we now have like a once a year rule <laughs> for right now. Yeah. I know that when my kids it'll are out change. of the house, it'll change yeah. and, and I can do that. Yeah. So I'm not trying to be on Broadway anymore. Yeah. So it's literally just for my soul. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I though. love it. Good. So good. So that it was the performing, like we made a list of things that I need to do to care for myself. And it was performing. Um, some of it was just my belief in the church and my belief in Jesus Christ and the fact that he literally felt all of these feelings. We talked about that and that was a big deal for me. Um, my family, like I have to find ways to have fun with my family exercise. Yes. I, I had, I had stopped exercising because I wasn't teaching any of my dance classes and that was where I was getting exercise. So that is, First and foremost, my, my most important thing I have to do every week is at least five times a week and then yoga or something. Yeah. So meditation. And, and I, I love listening to Brene Brown. I yes. love listening to your podcast. Well, I'm no Brene Brown. But. Well, but it's just uplifting. I have yes. to listen to things that are uplifting. I follow a lot of uplifting things yeah. on social media. If I'm getting negative, that's not helping my yeah. soul. So that that's what I worked on yep. in therapy and, and now I'm happy to say, and this is just me. It's, it's a process for everybody dealing with mental health. I had to back myself off of the medication because I literally was not feeling anything. I was totally just numb from it worked so no well. Kidding. Yeah. yeah. I've heard <laughs> so, that before. And I wasn't, I wasn't crying. There were moments in my life. I should have cried tears of joy and I just had no, feeling takes the heart. So I was things, just right? like, okay, let's back this off and, and I'm off and I'm okay. But now I know where I need to go. If I start feeling things and I feel them, yeah. it comes back, yeah. it comes back and I'm like, Oh, what's happening? What am I doing? How do I adjust this? And I might have to go back on medication and I'm totally fine with that. Sure. But right now I'm not. That's awesome that you recognized it though. Yeah. And, and kind of came up with that plan um, to really go about that the right way. <clears throat> um, I think it's, it's important to talk about right now, like with, with Kyle, mm -hmm. um, how did, how did he, like, what did he do right in those moments for you as your spouse? I think he didn't, um, freak out okay. when I told him it was just like, a, Oh, that's how you're feeling. That's, solve this problem. It wasn't a like, no, you don't, it wasn't, he didn't try to fix it. There was no shaming. No, there was no shaming. Yeah. That's the perfect way to do it. He just accepted. Put his arm around that you. That's where I, yep. That's where I am. And that's a problem. It's a problem, but we need, we can fix it. That's and awesome. There are ways to fix it. And it was just very much, he just was the boss. That's awesome. <laughs> he kind of took control where I needed it. I yeah. was just literally floating at that point. There was no, I'm not saying that right. I was treading water sure. at that point. Yeah. So it's trying to keep your head above water. Mm -hmm. Like you told your, your mom after the primary yeah. program, um, which is, which is 
so true. You you mentioned that the primary program is like the best. I know. It's seriously of all the Sundays in the in the year. That's the one where you actually get to laugh yes, and like and you have, have a fun huge and, smile on your face. Yeah, and you're just you're over there in tears, just yeah. broken. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so sorry for that. Um, <clears throat> tell me, so you've got you've had an opportunity since to really recognize what you've gone through and and mm-hmm. what you deal with kind of in your life. Has the self talk for you improved? Oh, a ton. So I, you know, I was taught in therapy, um, to, if there is a thought to kind of catch it <laughs> and maybe mull over it. I know he said it in totally different words, but it's just ask yourself if that's true. Is that true? If it's true, then what are you going to do about it? If it's not true, then replace it with a thought that is true yeah. or a positive. No, you can do that. Yeah. And I, just from doing that and, and still the negative self-talk comes like I, I totally second guessed myself coming to do this. Sure. Like I, I'm worthless. Why, why would they want to hear from me? And, and I was like, no, I've experienced things and everybody's experienced things. And if I can help one person by being here, then that means the world to me. And you will. So you will. They, they, I know, uh, <clears throat> we had a, a guest on the past that talked about it's ruminating right? Mm-hmm. So when a cow eats grass, it chews it up, it swallows it, it ruminates it back up and it chews it up again, swallows it, And it just kind of, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And with, with bad feelings or good feelings in our brains, that's what we do is we ruminate. We, mm-hmm. we let them fester and we swallow them and then they yep. come back later and, and we literally become what we consume. Yep. Right. And so, and so you, this therapist kind of taught you to catch it, mm-hmm. replace it with something that's true and yeah. that's good you started to fill your mind with really uplifting things. Benet Brown's phenomenal. Oh, she's groundbreaking her. and, and she's done some, we now look at shame completely different and vulnerability. Yep. And those are, those are things that are, are very, shame is one of the worst things in the world. Yep. And vulnerability is one of the most powerful things in the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's phenomenal. But you start to fill your mind with those things, right? So yeah. you, you start consuming light and goodness mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's, you don't have to catch as many of those mm-hmm. negative things because there's not so many coming at you, yeah. right? Have you mm-hmm. noticed that affect your family dynamic at all as well? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think, well, when mom's not doing well, it feels like the whole family's not doing well. So I, um, definitely it's been more positive, more of a positive experience in our house. Um, and I, it's helped our marriage you know, cause marriage is hard. Sometimes it there's an up and down, um, throughout your whole marriage. Wait and a second. <laughs> it never just stops. <laughs> there are moments it. when you're like, <clears throat> what? <laughs> I thought we were okay with this, but, and that's okay. That's part of having human relationships. Yes. We, we all ebb and flow. Yes. So, um, but it it has definitely, like, I think probably out of all my relationships, it's helped with that the most, which is huge. Um, and it's helped with my boys. It's just helped. I think probably it's just helped me realize what's important. Awesome. So tell me about empathy, um, that you've gained from this. Cause you, we, we talked a little bit about that and and you Mm -hmm. felt like this whole experience has given you more empathy. Yeah. So. Well, I think when you're dealing with stuff like depression, nobody talks about it. And so I felt like I was the only person in the world 
dealing with these things. That's so interesting. It is. And, and I know I wasn't, I know I've seen plenty of people struggle with mental health issues, but it, it's still taboo. It shouldn't be because if somebody gets cancer, everybody goes in and supports them. They go in and help and offer whatever help they can give. But I think we need to get to the point where if somebody has depression or anxiety or um, suicidal thoughts, it's the same thing. We're giving that same amount of love and let me make you a dinner. Let me take your kids for a day just to give you a break. Um, but with empathy, I just, I learned that I was not the only one. That was a lie I was telling myself. And, and if I'm going through this alone, I wasn't alone, but I told myself I was, then what are other people going through? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You look externally. I, I had a, I had a friend, um, her name's Tiffany. We, we had my daughter's birthday party not too long ago. Um, we were talking and she said, it's been interesting with coronavirus, how it's separated everybody. Mm -hmm. And and I thought, yeah, you know, we moved in this house and we've been separated from getting to know tons of our neighbors. Yeah. And she said, you know, that in Spanish, the word for the devil is Diablo. And I said, yeah, I know that. Like I've heard that many Uh times. She goes, one of the dialects for Diablo is the divider. So he kind of puts you in your silos, right? There's a, we all, we all think of the devil and the angel on your shoulder whispering to you, right? Which one am I going to follow or not? And mm-hmm. if you've ever seen Emperor's New Groove, it's like the funniest part of the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I can do. Anyway, yes. <laughs> um, but, but I, it's interesting how <clears throat> when you talk about being there in that moment, that, that for some reason you weren't able to, to remember or know that other people were dealing with this too. Mm-hmm. And that it's okay to be open and honest about those things. And, yeah. and, I've, and I think back to my own experiences with depression and, and on the verge of suicide as well. And, and that is truly something that happens to us. And instead of, we, we need somehow to educate, um, give information to our children to understand that, hey, look, this is something we all face. Mm-hmm. And when you face it, I love how you compared it to cancer. Mm-hmm. As soon as you find out anyone has cancer in your neighborhood or something that is, is very extreme, if you will, or, or whatever, um, we run to them, mm-hmm. we run to them and, and we do what we can to help out. Yeah. Right. We start praying for them. Community starts to do whatever we can for them. And for some reason we feel like depression, mental health, some of those things like, Oh, that doesn't qualify for that. Mm-mm. But I think that's so untrue. Yeah. And, and as soon as we open up about being depressed, um, whether you're suicidal or not, and in your case, mm-hmm. you, you were, but, but as soon as we open up about those things, we have this idea in our minds that, that is put into there where that if we do that, that we're weak, mm-hmm. that we're failures, that we're even worse than we're telling ourselves we are right now. And so nobody, yeah. nobody needs to know that. I just need to work through this. But that's unfair. Mm-hmm. And that is destructive. And if we keep continue in there, just like what was happening to you, if we continue in that pro, that state of mind, it can destroy us. Mm-hmm. It can destroy our families, and it can literally lead to us dying. And, mm-hmm. and suicide rates are up, yep. right? I mean, it's whatever. It, it, it not just in Utah, but throughout the Everywhere. country and the world, mm-hmm. suicide rates are up. And and I think one of the most powerful things 
that we can do is get vulnerable, talk about mm-hmm. it, bring light to these things. And, and that's, that's why you're here because mm-hmm. <laughs> you are awesome. And that, and that well, is, so, it's so important. It is. Did, what are your thoughts on that? I, it's so important. And, and after I experienced it, it became so much easier to open up and be like, Hey, this is what I struggle with. This is what just happened. I really did get to that point where I wasn't, I was almost not here. Um, and for the close, I have close friends, you know, that I, I was able to share that with. And then my parent, my mom hates talking about it, but she has to, cause she has to listen to me. But I, you know, she knew and Kyle knew and just a few close of a few of my close friends knew she hates and talking it, about it cause she loves you so much. Yes, huh? And she's, she's bothered that she wasn't there. Yes. Cause of course, Ginger's cause amazing. all moms yes. would feel that way. Yeah. We all it have hurts. mom guilt. It That's hurts. it does. It hurts. And, and I understand her feeling that way. So, but it's been helpful just to be like, Hey, and my siblings, I can talk to them and they're, they're so good now, now that they know we were good about connecting and talking, but now that they know it's like, everybody's checking in and like, how are you doing? What's happening this week? What's going on? And, and it's like a more open and ominous conversation, not what's the weather like. And it wasn't that before, but it's just really, it's beautiful, more open. Yeah. Did you, have helpful. you lost any friends as you've opened up? Yes. So we just recently, and the whole reason I posted it a year ago was because of my brother-in-law. I didn't mean in that way, but this, okay. but I like this. So, yes. so if you want to talk yes, about it, yes. yeah. So, um, he, he struggled with depression and, and some mental health issues and, and I don't need to tell his story, but we did lose him to suicide and it it was devastating and it is still devastating. Uh, We're all still grieving and, and that's been hard. Um, and I still, and I think, um, what happens after suicide is really hard because people kind of blame themselves. Yeah. And there are things that I wish I would have done. I understood him. I had actually felt those feelings and, and now I can't, yeah. like, I can't go back and change that. And it, it just devastates me. And it, and it has literally devastated our family. Yeah. Next time you see your sister and I won't say her name, but next time you see her, we wrap your arms around her and tell her I love her. I mean, absolutely. I'm sorry. That's hard. It, it is. And, I'm going to go back and I don't want to, I don't want to make light of that by going no, back. But absolutely. Um, what I meant is when, when you open and thank you, cause that it all plays into our stories. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, someone who has gotten to that point and, and we could go into that story for sure, but that's yeah. your sister's story and, and his story. And, 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 oh, and I know I had a dear friend growing up that just recently passed mm. by suicide and it's devastating. It, it wreaks havoc on everybody's lives. So, so I was thinking this is an interest, like maybe it's not the right segue, but I think it's good mm-hmm. because when you opened up for your stuff, what happened? Did you lose friends at that point? No, no, no. Well, and you, and you feel like, oh, I'm sharing this information that people don't want to talk about. They yeah. don't want to talk about mental health, but I have and I posted it last year. Um, I've heard from so many people struggling with mental health issues or other issues that, affect their mental health that they're dealing with that are very personal to them, but they didn't feel like they could share until I was vulnerable enough to share what I'm going through. You open doors for other people. It's huge. And people come, people come running Mm -hmm. into your life, right? We we had Bailey Rockmore, you know, Bailey, Mm -hmm. um, 
on in one of the earlier episodes. She's episode she's so awesome. Yeah, episode three. She got mm-hmm. cancer, um, and 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 some self harming things that she was talking to herself about her physical body. But mm-hmm. one of the things I love that she talked about is when when I got when I opened up, and I started letting people know what I was dealing with. I I found my team. Mm-hmm. We all need our team. Yep. And that's that. If, if anybody out there is listening, has a, you know, you yourself are in a dark place or you have friends and family, cause we know, we know we all struggle with that at certain points in our life and maybe yeah. you haven't, but you'll get there at some point because it's kind of a challenge we all face. Open up. Yeah. Right. Open up, find your team because what Talk happens, <laughs> yes, yeah. I will happily be a listening ear. Oh, and we'll, we'll post your information. So <laughs> yes. contact you, but no, but no, and, that, and that's the beauty of it. Right. I think that's the beauty of it is, is when we open up. We find our team mm-hmm. because people come running to us. Yeah. And also people open up to us because they're there. And yep. we, all of a sudden we realize, holy cow, these mm-hmm. things are not just unique to me. No. This is something we all struggle with. And we've got to get to a point where we are, we have enough self-esteem, enough confidence to say, hey guys, I'm, I'm struggling right now. And this is what I'm struggling with. And, and whatever, we don't need to have an action plan around it when we just open up just opening up itself creates opportunity. Mm-hmm. It creates movement for us. And, and, and I, listen, yeah. when somebody tells you that that's what's happening, listen. Did you have somebody do that for you? Kyle. Kyle. But, and I know some people, I, well, I don't know personal stories, but I've read <laughs> about people who, who weren't believed, you know, and they just either survived on their own or they, they, went through with it because because, because no they didn't them. have anybody yeah so yeah just we got to show up for each other and, and really be there for each other mm-hmm. okay is there is there anything else you want to add to that no things are good now things are You're good. In a healthy place and mm, yep life is good yep yeah i, I can feel i'm very now <laughs> aware of what's happening yeah. inside of me and i just if something starts feeling different i have to figure out why, if it's some sort of medication I'm on, adjust it because I'm very sensitive to medications and that leads me more towards depression. Sure. So I've had to just in this past year, adjust birth control medications sure. because it's affecting me. So, um, I do want to ask you one more question before I get into a couple more that I okay. wrote down before you got here. Um, you mentioned with Kyle, you kind of set some boundaries or rules or, or you came up with some things. Um, one of them you mentioned Christ. Mm-hmm. What what with God did you, did your relationship change with God at all? Did you approach Him differently at that point, or or what did you do? In the midst of it, I was not mentally there enough to even ask for help. I just felt so alone. But once I started the healing process, I realized that Christ literally felt all of these feelings. He he went through this for me. He went through this for other people dealing with that. And, and it was really soothing to me to know. I didn't know it when I was dealing with it, but it, it helped that there was someone, that there was one person that, was, that had experienced my pains and that loved me enough to do that. Um, and so it, it strengthened my testimony at that time that I just, I knew he was my savior. And that I could get through this because I had him by my side. What, what did you do to make that connection better with him? 
I, so I now, and I still continue to do this. I sometimes read the scriptures. I'm not really good at that. <laughs> I, my mind wanders, but I'm really good at finding um, positive things that either people post, positive quotes. Um, I love memes that the um, Quorum of the Twelve or the First Presidency put out. They really are helpful to me. I have so many pictures on my phone of just screenshots of, oh, that's a thought. I didn't think about that that way. Um, that has just brought me closer to him that... We're all imperfect. We're all dealing with crap, but someone knows. Yeah. Someone's been there. He's helped us, and it. so that help has helped me. I love it. That, that you got to use your, you got to choose that, right? Mm -hmm. that's oh, awesome. absolutely. Every day. Yep, that's awesome. Okay, so a couple questions before we close. Um, a, I, we we talked about a couple of these, so I just want to make make sure I I don't repeat anything here okay um well how do you tell me this how do you so you you found out how do you like you're starting to replace some of those negative self-thoughts and negativity in your life mm -hmm. every day with positive things mm -hmm. how do you make sure how do you remind yourself and make sure that you do that every single day like what do you do um i have like a list of affirmations cool I write down <laughs> so i just i and i say them as in i am a wonderful singer. Yeah. I am. It's this is what I am. I tell myself that. Do you look yourself in the mirror too? No. Okay. But I have them all and I write them down. I'm not I with the pandemic I've gotten really bad at doing it every single day, but it's just a list of things that are really important to me. I take care of my body. Like I exercise and that is something I do not not do. Yeah. <laughs> I have to because it just helps me. Um, it helps my mind. And I, I tell myself the things that I should know about myself. Sometimes I still question them. Sure. Um, but I do. I write them down every single day and I focus on those things. And I, like, I wanted to learn how to play the piano when I started getting better. I wanted to become a musical therapist because I was like, oh, I love to help people yeah. and I want to help bring out the best in them. But I have to learn how to play the piano to do that. So I learned. That's cool. I went to a piano teacher and I learned and I got accepted into the program, but unfortunately we moved. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have to look for another program that I can do that, but that's on my, my list of but things you're, I'm and, still going to do. And you're teaching right now, which yes. is phenomenal. You're helping other people in their own lives. I'm involved yeah. in what I love to do. What do you say to yourself if you miss a day? So let's it's take okay. it. Yeah. It's okay. What you're would you said to yourself before? You suck. Yeah. You're horrible. You're not worth it. You're all of the horrible things you can possibly say to yourself. And it, it's practice. Yes. Right. It's, it it's practice, practice. And, and it's a continuation of that practice. They, they say you wake up, you want to wake up early in the morning. You got to do it for two weeks or three weeks yes. before it becomes a habit. Right. Mm -hmm. So the way we talk to ourselves, if we're not being positive to ourselves, okay, recognize it. It's okay. Right. Write day. down some positive things you yes. can say and do it. Positive mm -hmm. affirmation daily. Yep. And, and even if you miss a day, it's okay to do that. Still go back to it. Yeah. It's okay. I've probably missed a week this week, but that's okay. I'm human. Yeah. Things have come up yeah. and I'm okay with that, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Yeah. I'm not just going to give up because it was a weird week. Look at, and look at what it's done for your life, mm -hmm. right? It's it really totally has. changed your life. It has. 
And, and so we can all take some advice there and, and start to do those things for ourselves. And I hope, I hope as a parent, I can teach my kids that. Yes. I think that's one of the reasons I love doing these podcasts so much. I learn so much from every single person. Yes. And, and I like, this is one of the things that'll be a takeaway for me with you is, is I, I love, have you seen the movie, the help? Yes. There's a part in that movie where the one lady leans down to the kid and she says, you are kind Yep. You are smart and I, I forget everything she says, but I love that. And I, I found myself with my kids like trying to do that. I don't do it yes. enough though. I need to yes. make sure I do that on a daily basis, but like that positive reinforcement and affirmation, right? They're so, so much better. <laughs> They're happier. Like you can see their whole spirit shine through when you yeah. are positive with them. And we that, try. And that's what happened to you. Yes. As you started doing that to yourself. Yes. And so we only, not only need to do that for kids and for those in our world, but we're worth it and mm-hmm. we're valuable enough that we've got to start doing those things for ourselves. Yeah. And when we do, we make everything around us better. Everyone that we're connected to. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Um, what, so two more questions. The first one is, and, and this is gonna be a two part question. Okay. What put your, like think of yourself in your darkest moments. What would you say to, First off, what would you say to somebody that's there? If how, how do we recognize somebody that's there? And what would if you knew someone that was in a dark moment like that, what would you say to them? I see you. I love you. You are worth it. Um, it might be hard and you might feel alone, but I am here for you. There are other people that are here for you, that love you, that need you you are worth it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How do we recognize it? That's a tough question. Because <laughs> you hit it so because well. Because I am such a personal person. I did hide it. I, I think with words like, I'm keeping trying to keep my head above water, that's like a something's not going right for them. Why are they trying to keep their head above water? You know, Or just if they keep talking about something being hard, ask them about it. How's it going? What can I do to help? Um, not, I, I think a lot of times people in a good way, were trying to give me advice for how to deal with things, maybe with Hayden or, um, just how I was feeling or (laughs) trying to get by each day. But I, I think it's just better if you listen. That's awesome. And sometimes that's so hard just to really listen yeah. and pay attention because yeah. we all like to talk about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would agree with you on that one, right? <laughs> no, it's, there, there's a, there's a children's book where there's a boy that a little boy that's not feeling too well and he's sitting in his room and all these different animals come in and we'll tell him different things like, well, here's what you need to do or you need to do this or you need to do that. And they're all really good things they're telling him, right? Like good mm-hmm. advice. And it doesn't help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change anything. And that the, do you know what book I'm talking about? I, I haven't the title read it. it, but it sounds awesome. The, I want to have it. The, I'll, I'll tell you before you go, but there's a, there's the last animal that comes in is a little bunny rabbit. And he comes in, doesn't say where just sits next to him. Mm-hmm. And then after a long time, the boy finally opens up to the bunny rabbit. Yep. And, and, and that is the healing and the balm to the soul that we need sometimes is just we don't have to have the answers. Mm-mm. Just let me sit in your stuff with you. Yeah. Let me be there for you. And sometimes that takes time. It does. And I think for people, it's uncomfortable with mental health. They don't know. I, you know, I mean, it's been labeled as crazy. 
I wasn't crazy. I wasn't out of my mind. I, um, when I got suicidal, that's different, but I was just trying to keep it together every single day, just trying to put one foot in front of another. What's amazing about your story is no one knew. Yeah. Right. And like an outsider looking in, knowing you like, wow. Yeah. I would never, never would have imagined. So, um, I, this is the kind of the final question I ask everybody when they come on the podcast. Um, what is the gift that your darkest moments have given you in your life? I would say first and foremost that we're not alone. None of us is alone. We might feel like we're alone, whatever we're going through. Um, but it's helped me to look at people in a different way and to see everybody's going through something. I had a great bishop in my Logan ward who would say, if you think your neighbor has it all together, you don't know your neighbor. And um, that really just put into perspective for me, I don't know what people are going through. What can I do that will bring them a smile on their face or how can I help them? And I'm not good at this at all I try but I've I've gotten better at just listening listening to what people say and being aware of what they're saying to me and if I can be helpful I love in any way and then um also just mental health happens it happens to everybody people get cancer people deal with depression it's a part of life and we can normalize it and talk about it and it's okay I love it yeah. That's that those are that's powerful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I want to say one thing about your mom in closing. And your dad too. Your dad's phenomenal. He helped me a lot in my life. I I went through a divorce when I was younger and he was really a, a very I was I was afraid and mm-hmm. like thought people thought the worst of me and your dad really stepped in and helped me out. And that's so cool. Tell Steve how much I love him. He's but, the best. And Ginger too. Yep. I you know, I I think and this this the reason I, I feel this way about Ginger is that she reminds me a lot of my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, I believe kind of like what you said, right? We need to have different conversations mm-hmm. with people. We need to listen, but to listen, you got to ask the right questions, yep. right? Instead of when we see our neighbor and our friends having those very surface questions, we can get a little deeper and, yep. and that, that deep, deep stuff, what I'm talking about, it's not deep. It's simple. That's yeah. very simple. It's the most important part of us. It's, it's, how are you? Yep. How are you feeling? How did what you just told me, how did that make you feel? How, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and I think the thing is about, um, having those conversations is they're so easy, but we think they're hard. Yeah. Right. We think we have to get super deep to have them. We don't. The reason why I know that is because of people like my dad and your mom, mm-hmm. Ginger, every time I see her, she comes up to me, doesn't really, she, besides saying how excited she is to see me, yep. she hugs me. Yep. And, and I feel her love right off the bat. Like she mm-hmm. wants to know how I'm doing. Yes. She wants to know my health. And the questions she asks me are not about the weather or the sports team or what no. I'm, what I'm doing in my sports life or whatever it is. It's look you in the eyes. How are you? Mm-hmm. And it's a spirit to spirit connection. It's not a quick surface connection. Yeah. And is that, am I okay saying oh, that? Absolutely. Do you feel like that's kind of what you're, yeah. Absolutely. That's exactly. And, and I think we've all gotten so good at, Hey, how, how you doing? Oh, good. Good. How about you? Oh, I'm fine. Like I was so good at that. I'm fine. I'm fine. Good to see you. Yep. Good to see you. See you next. Moving on. Going on to my day instead of really trying to connect. Stop. And that was on me too. It wasn't 
my neighbors and my friends. It's a, it's it's a natural totally thing right now. <laughs> yes. It's so natural because we're all on our phones. We're all, yeah. life is so busy. It's so busy. Yeah. And one of the things you said in the questionnaire that you, that you sent me is, I've learned to slow down. Yep. Right? So, so maybe in, in our relationships with people, when we talk to them, let's slow down. Yep. And even if they're not going to slow down, if, I bet if our body language shows them that we're slowing down to talk to them, they'll respond to that. Yes. Because people need that, <clears throat> that spirit-to-spirit connection. They do. Absolutely. Right? We all want it. We yeah. all crave it. Uh, you're awesome. Adrian, <laughs> thanks. thanks so much for sharing. And, and, I, and I know that your, your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. And I know as we open up and we get vulnerable and we share our stories that it'll bless people's lives. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. And I just want to thank you for coming and being here with me today. So glad to be here. You're awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.